This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. This is the Partnership Podcast. It's Eric Williams, and I am standing directly outside the museum at Dinosaur Junction. I'm about to walk in. This is going to be the podcast this time around. I want you to see it through my eyes. I've peeked through the window, and, uh, you know, we scheduled it. I know Mr. Billy Doran is in there, and uh, I'm so excited to talk to him, but he's going to take us through. I have not been in this place yet. I kind of wanted this to be the fresh podcast through the eyes of uh, someone who absolutely loves dinosaurs, absolutely loves Billy, and uh, can't wait to be in this spot. Hey! You just heard me go through the front doors. I this did. Is... I heard you come in. Welcome to Dinosaur Land. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Welcome to the museum at Dinosaur Junction, my friend. I don't often, like, get lost for words, but you walk into this place, and I, I feel like I'm at the, like, down in Denver. Well, that compliments me at a gigantically <laughs> right there. That's even a word. Yeah, it, it's, uh, that makes me feel happy because that's kind of what we're going for is that almost a, a shock when you walk in. You're just like, oh, my God. Like, these are huge, huge skeletons. Yeah, I mean, you'd think, okay, it's a smaller dinosaur museum. There's not going to be full-size dinosaurs in there, but that's 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 a big, big dinosaur. I was well, going to say something else, but it's the right <laughs> Well, regardless of the size of a building, dinosaurs were huge whether you like it or not, for sure. And these were some of the biggest <laughs> that lived here in Eagle County, yeah. About 80% of what you're going to see here today as you're walking around are actually animals. Uh, and when I say animals, I mean dinosaurs. I mean prehistoric crocodiles, prehistoric sharks, turtles, and other, other life that lived here. Um, Right here in Eagle County and stuff that I've found in the last 12 years or so. I think that's so cool. It is really cool. Uh, Billy and I are going to start rambling and chatting because uh, I've been a friend of his for even before uh, that, probably 15 years going on. You and I did some television work together. We did. Back we did. in the early days. Man, time flies by, doesn't it? Does, it? Doesn't it? Uh, but you always had this passion. You were always yeah. talking about this. Every time, you know, there'd be some sort of break or something, you'd always be heading off. Oh, I'm going on this dig. And yeah. you'd come back dusty and smiling. <laughs> I want to know where it all came from. Where did this, like, passion, this little boy love well you just nailed it it's a little boy ever since you know your little kids or whether little girls little boys you just there's this there's this fascination with dinosaurs i mean look at these things I know, in, I know. in my opinion i always get people to say well what what is it what is kids obsession with dinosaurs what is it and in my opinion i think it's because they're at that age and they start really getting into them at three four five by six seven and eight they're obsessed yeah and i think it's also at that time in their heads where they're starting to connect Fa- fantasy with reality. Yeah. I think these are kind of a bridge to, to totally imagination, fantasy uh, versus things that actually were alive, whether it be like a Santa Claus kind of thing or yeah. an Easter Bunny kind of thing, but these were real. And I think their brains is kind of bridges that gap between fantasy and reality. Really. Once you can actually touch it, once yeah. you can actually see yeah. it. Yeah, and especially yeah. when you see parents getting excited and entire buildings dedicated to them and their skeletons, it just overwhelms them. So many books written about them, you know, and they're just like, oh my God, and their brains, these were real things. Yeah. And they were fantasy. I mean, just as you walked in the door. I you know. become a kid again. I, I really did. <laughs> How do you not stand here at all when you're looking at these animals that were 100,000 pounds that were walking around right here? It's, it's, it's humbling, really. The thing that, uh, that blows me away a lot of times and has, and my son came home and said it not all that long ago after studying dinosaurs at school, was he said, Dad, we've only been on this earth for such a short amount of time, and dinosaurs were on for. You can't even imagine yeah. so much longer. It's true. It, 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 in, in, my, in my work that I've done in the last 12, 13, 14 years, especially right here in County, one of the most magical things to me is it's given me that perspective on how fleeting our existence 
is, yeah. whether it's humanity or whether it's our individual lives. It's that it, it goes by that fast, you know, and just like your son said, dinosaurs lived here for 170 million years. <laughs> That's, That's how long they were here. Yeah. They disappeared 65 million years ago for the most part, but they were here for 170 million years. Human beings that you would recognize like you and I, I might look at, look at them and go, you need to shower and shave. Yes. And that's the women. <laughs> but uh, maybe 200,000 years. Yeah. Maybe. And that is literally a blink of an eye compared to the grand scheme. Of we think of ourselves as kings and queens so many times of our domain. But uh, I'm seeing the real kings and queens that had it for a lot longer, yeah. stood on top of that mountain for a lot longer than we did. Oh, well, we're looking at one right here, Tyrannosaurus rex. That We just got that skeleton in last week, and it's, it's amazing. It's massive. That is, uh, that's one dinosaur i got to say that I have not found in Eagle County yet. Okay. But it's a Colorado dinosaur. In fact, the first fossilized teeth from T-Rex were found around 1874, 75, down in Golden. So we know it's a Colorado dinosaur. In fact, a family found bones in their backyard 25 years ago digging a a hole for a pool. So we know T-Rex was here. um, But I haven't found him in Eagle County yet. I know. I love that. I love that it's always a yet with you. It's always a yet because we know he was here. We know (laughs) he was walking around. There was a billion T-Rexes that lived and died in the time it it was on this planet. So we've only found about 32 skeletons. Out of about a billion that lived and died. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Well, just we just talking about numbers. Just, my, this entire podcast is me just going to be going. Really? Really? <laughs> well, that's what that this this subject matter definitely inspires. The reallys. So Tyrannosaurus Rex lived on planet Earth for three million years, give or take. That one dinosaur, three million years. Think about how many people. How many skeletons are buried on planet Earth in the two hundred thousand years that humans have been here? So yeah, yeah probably they they figure billionish. Skeletons, uh, you know, maybe, or animals that lived and died. I shouldn't say skeletons because not all of them fossilized. Yeah. And we've only found about 32, so that's how rare a T-Rex is. Your odds just got better in my brain. That's true. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit here in Eagle I'll County. I'll go with that. I'll take, I'll take what I can get. All right, so we are going to start strolling around the museum. I call this a podcast since we're walking. I love it. I, I love you it. don't. You're just being nice. Uh, but uh, but uh, talk to me about, uh, you know, when you were starting to set this up. Obviously, okay. there's so much. I mean, you're a curator yeah. at this point as well as an archaeologist as well as, I mean. My father would be so proud. You're, you're everything <laughs> at this point. I'm a little bit of everything. You're not well, wearing tweed. I'm not, no, I don't, I don't expect any, 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 uh, any elbow patches anytime soon. Um, you know, that's a good question, Eric. I think... Um, you know, it's always exciting when you hear someone find something. In fact, there's a little girl that's been on the news headlines for the last couple of weeks who just found a massive megalodon shark tooth, I think in South Carolina on the beach. Very cool. I love that there's little kids out there looking for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to find a few things like that. But to date, I mean, again, I've found uh, fossils from 12 different dinosaurs, roughly, plus crocodiles, plus sharks, all the other stuff, right here in Eagle County. So I've kind of... I kind of feel like I've been handed this responsibility yeah. by the powers that be, by the, by the universe, to say, okay, now do something with it. Because it's not just one bone or a footprint. It's dozens of footprints, lots of bones, lots of teeth, things spanning that 170 million years. The oldest thing I've found so far, Eric, is right down the street, literally between Walcott and Edwards, is a little footprint about the size of my three fingers on my hand right there, and it's 230 million years old. What does it belong to? It's a little animal, kind of like these little, 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 little two-footed dinosaurs that walked around during the Triassic time. Some of the very first dinosaurs in Colorado. Probably little theropod. Theropod is your dinosaurs that walked on two feet and had the little hands. And it was probably about the size of a, of a turkey, a wild turkey. But 230 million years old, which, think about that for a second. That footprint has been sitting on a little rock 
in the hills between Walcott and Edwards for 230 million years. To put that in perspective, the Rocky Mountains are 70 million years old. <laughs> right? See, this whole podcast is me going, <laughs> yeah. wow. Really? Yeah. So I, I, feel like, I feel like I've been handed this responsibility, almost like a stewardship, and, and I, I, lo- I, love, I love the responsibility. It's, uh, you know, as I found more stuff, you know, I, I love living in the high country. We all living up here. We all love living up here. But we, we're a little, it's going to be challenging being an hour and a half from Denver, being an hour and a half from, from Fruita, where the, where the closest museums are. And so I thought with all the stuff that I found here in Eagle County, which, which by the way, these dinosaur fossils I'm finding here uh, are some of the very first dinosaur fossils found in the high country of Colorado. Oh, they find them by the Front Range. They yep. find them when they, north by State Bridge. They find them in the Western Slope, but not generally up in the high country. So it's very exciting. I didn't know these were some of the first ones ever found. And with that, I thought, I need to build something here. So people here, people in the surrounding mountain towns can come and see these things. So that's... So here we are. <laughs> Everyone now uh, who's listening to this, first, they want to build a, a, I'm going to build a pool right now just so I can dig in my backyard just because there's a possibility. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you talk about this and you say this word, I go find these, I go find these. Yeah. And obviously it starts with science and that's where you yeah. start as a scientist and an archaeologist. But I want to know how much of the like innate, is there some spiritual piece to it? Like when you're looking for bones oh, and God, stuff. I so mean, a, a lot of archaeologists when they talk about say like, you know, some of the good ones and you obviously based on the room we're standing in are one of the good ones. Yeah. Like have that that sixth sense. Well, thank you for that. Uh, it uh, you just nailed it, and and you know I don't often I don't often tell people this, but it's now now it's going to go out to many many people right now. <laughs> all of our listener. It's absolutely true. Yeah, all of our listener. <laughs> it's absolutely true. There is times when I go out in the hills right here in Ingle County, and I can be hiking along, and I just get this feeling. Yeah. I just I, it's, you can't explain it other than that. You I get this little tingle in the back of my neck, this little sensation in my brain, and it tells me, okay, you're about to find something. There's something right here, so look closely. Yeah. And it, it, again, it's inexplicable, but it is a, it is a sixth sensation. It, it is a sixth sense. It is that, and, and it's odd, because, but then there's sometimes I'll go out there and that feeling is not there, yeah. and I don't find anything. But yeah. when you're on, I don't know if it's becoming one with the universe, I don't know if it's becoming one with nature, you know, the, the nature saying, here, take this, yeah. run with it, go put this on display, teach about this, yeah. you know, but it's absolutely true. I get the feeling, and then with, usually within a few minutes, I'm finding stuff, whether it be bones or big footprints or something, and it's true. It's Thanks for sharing true. that with yeah. us. By the way, none of this is planned or anything. We're just chatting right We're here. Just, Obviously, yeah. that was kind of, uh, you know, an off the cuff. And I, I really expect that. But I'm not going to lie to you, but it's, <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Well, I really do believe, like, in any profession, and you can think about this with yours, you listeners out there, but, uh, you know, there's callings and then there's jobs. Yeah. And this, for you, is absolutely a calling, and sometimes yeah. you're just more attuned to it. And that's you know, whether you want to be science or spiritual, whatever it is. That's it's the just, perfect description of yeah. it. You know, some people cast it off as kind of kooky but you can't argue the fact that that it really does happen and it is a calling yeah there's a living dinosaur in front of me right there now is. as we continue to stroll what am i looking at there is this, this is our cayman blue iguana his name is Irwin. he's about two and a half feet long about two years old and uh, we adopted him from a really nice couple down in denver that had moved into a smaller place and obviously you can see the size of this cage he needs some room because he's going to get about six feet long eventually in the wow. next few years but he's a good example of one of uh, hopefully several living reptiles we're going to bring into the museum to show kids to show guests guests, families, the kind of the connection between animals that live today versus something like the T-Rex skeleton that's standing right next to us. When you look at Erwin, all those spikes on his back sticking up, all those big scales on his jowls, those are all made of keratin, just like our fingernails. So when he dies, you're not going to see any of that. When, when everything disappears, you're just going to see a skull and a skeleton. You'll never know he had that stuff. So when we look at dinosaurs, 
something like T-Rex could have had these big, huge, spiky things off his head. He could have had the big jowls hanging down. And even today, a lot of people know that that basically modern dinosaurs are birds. Birds are dinosaurs. It's it's safe to say. And you look at something like a chicken, which is actually a direct descendant of Tyrannosaurus rex, believe it or not, or turkeys. I believe anything you tell me. Okay, well, good. (laughs) (laughs) I got some real estate in the cell now. Um, But look at a turkey. You know, the gobblers, all that crazy skin growth that comes off a turkey's face. Could, have T- could T-Rex have had that? Absolutely. Or you look at Irwin's color. He's a beautiful blue color. We have no idea what color dinosaurs were at all, with the, with the very few exceptions of things that they found that had some subtle variations on some of the skin that might have been preserved to some extent. We have no idea what color yeah. they were. So kids can look at Irwin, see his beautiful blue, you know, blue-green colors, the big spikes on his I back. know. I was like, is that a Sherwin-Williams? Where'd you get I that know, color? Isn't gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at these skeletons and think, wow, did... Did they have those huge spikes? Could they have been, you know, red with yellow polka dots or blue with purple dots? I mean, they could have been. Every ch- and I, I like to do this with kids. What color do you think T-Rex was? And they'll guess, and I'm like, you could be absolutely right, because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what color they were. So we're, one of, we're hoping to have more living reptiles here that reflect the possibility of what dinosaurs would have looked like or could have looked like. Yeah. I'm doing this thing that you're asking the students to do in my head. I'm putting the skin of Irwin. Is that named yeah. after Steve Irwin, by it the is. way? Yep. Yeah, That's my, my wife. My wife, Lily, named him. I'm like, what's your name? She's like, I think should name Erwin after Steve Irwin, uh, who was my mentor, really. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's I mean, the reason I do what I do today. Is he Steve really? Me. You were inspired by he him? He really is. Yeah. I thought... I thought he was one of the greatest humans, and I think he's one of those guys that just made life that much more fun, and it was, uh, it was devastating when he died. But he, he um, yeah, I think he just took everything and ran with He had a passion. He wasn't a Ph.D. Yeah. He never went to college for this stuff. He just loved crocodiles, which, of course, escalated into in the world itself, the natural world itself. But uh, he, was, he is the reason I do what I do today. You know, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I, always, I always call you Dr. Alan Grant, but I'll call, you, uh, I'll, I'll call you. I'll take that as well. <laughs> so we're standing in front of T-Rex right yeah. now. I say in front. I'm I'm standing a little behind because I still don't want to look at it. I've seen Night at the Museum too many yeah, times. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, luckily, that's a good story. It ends yeah. nicely. <laughs> it's a nice T-Rex. If this was reality, it would not end nicely. This animal, as you can see, Eric is massive. He's 14 feet tall. This one's 32 feet long. They found specimens up to 40 feet long, so even larger than this. Just that head is close to five feet wide, could eat a cow in one bite. It was an absolutely massive animal. I mean, you stand here and you look how huge this thing is. And then, of course, the famous tiny arms. Each one of his arms are the size of yours, oh. which is interesting. Thank you for, you know, I love that my compliment. Pleasure. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's, You're yeah, right up there with yeah. Tyrannosaurus I can eat a cow with these arms, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible. And then right here, yeah. the, you've seen the Jurassic Park movies. You just mentioned Dr. Alan Grimm. That is a, re, that is a real life-size velociraptor. That's how big velociraptor got in real life. It didn't get the size of the ones in the movies. That was modeled. The ones in the movies are modeled after a dinosaur that actually lived here in Colorado called Deinonychus which was a massive raptor. These, you can see Velociraptor, much smaller. He lived over in China and Mongolia, what is today China and Mongolia. So he never lived in Colorado, but we did here in Colorado have Deinonychus and another raptor called Utah Raptor, first discovered in Utah a long time ago. And they were large, vicious creatures for sure. And we find their bones and footprints in Utah and Colorado. So we know they were here, but that's... This part of what we do in the museum also is to give kids that perspective and kind of correct some things that get skewed. When sure. they look at that and they read the signage, they realize that 
sometimes movies bend truth a little bit, you know. And so that's that's Velociraptor right there. Could still kill you, by the way. <laughs> well, but. yeah, no, no, I, I'm I'm still <laughs> <laughs> only about the size of a turkey, really. Yeah, it's I would say like a, a large dog. Yeah, you know that can run and, what, and sixty miles an hour yes, with exactly. claws like that. Yeah, take me to there's I mean every single one of these, but uh, and again no prompting in for those of you out there in radio world, but tell me about uh, a discovery that you're never gonna forget, like when you oh. came around a corner or oh my word. And show me, well, the, show me the piece if you have these it. These yeah. two right here, actually. The one we're standing right in front of is Camarasaurus. This is a massive long-necked dinosaur. from Camarasaurus? Camarasaurus, oh. yeah. Camaro. <laughs> Camarasaurus. Her nickname is Camille. Okay. Uh, she was from the family of animals called sauropods, which, is, which encompasses all the giant long-neck, stereotypical super long-neck, huge body, long tapering tail that ate plants, mm-hmm. um, lots of different kinds. She's one of those. And I just found uh, bones and teeth from her uh, two summers ago, and that was, a, that was huge. This is the biggest animal I've found so far. Um, and then the one on the other side of it, Allosaurus, the big meat eater who lived at the same time as Camarasaurus, so the same as Camille, this is about 150 million years ago. So the Allosaurus is the first one I found bones and footprints from that literally got my whole chapter of life going. And it was about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and it was right down the street. I just said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hunt fossils. Yeah. I'd done my research. I knew the layers, on the geologic layers. I knew what was in those layers, and I went for it. And I kid you not, I don't know if you want to talk about beginner's luck. I don't know if you want to talk about that, that, that Mother Nature handing me stewardship of something that was meant to be. But within 30 minutes, I was finding bones from Allosaurus, vertebra sitting in the rock. And then within about another 20 minutes, there's all these massive footprints around. And then within about 30 minutes of that, I found some gigantic footprints about four feet across from a big, long neck sauropod. And I, I couldn't believe it. I literally... Kid you not, I got up and I danced a jig, yeah. and then I called my mom. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you doing that moment? Yeah, yeah, I, I called my mom. Mom, you're not going to believe what I found. And she was a biology major, God bless her, and she so was over the moon. She couldn't wait to hear about it. So she's, she was a person I would call all the time whenever I found something. But um, My it, first it, question, like science-wise, at the end of that story was going yeah. to be, who did you call first? Yeah. But I just love that it was mom. mom. You know. Mom. But then like on the science side, when you do find something mm-hmm. like that, what do you do? So to, to clarify everything, everything I found dinosaur wise has been on BLM land, the Bureau of Land Management, federal land. I cannot legally touch it. It's still sitting in the hills. These are replicas we're looking at uh, for several reasons, but uh, because I cannot remove them, they are still sitting there. And part of uh, hopefully getting a BLM excavation permit from the government, part of that is having an actual brick and mortar building, a a repository to bring the bones to where they can be cared for, where they're under lock and key, they can be studied, they can be safeguarded. And we have that now. We opened June 25th. So this winter, I'm in the process of trying to get applications put together and then i can go out and 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 start excavating with that permit hopefully if we get it it is government so you never know what's going to happen this Um, is like you and a toothbrush and then a little grids marked off and the whole like yeah it's when the real wiping your brow and and, hitting you up for volunteer work on that oh my gosh (laughs) everyone out there in the podcast yeah i don't think you're gonna have to ask too hard i mean your passion is infectious it's pretty cool um so that and that's uh, that's they're still sitting there. So that's kind of how that how that goes. And you just kind of gotta hope that nothing happens to them. Yeah. yeah I figure they've been sitting there 150 it's, million like, years. There's a little bit of time. Yeah. There's right. a little bit of time. Yeah. But when, so what I do when I find something substantial like a dinosaur or or even crocodiles, things like that, I don't do it with sharks. Turtles I do, but anything with a spine, I'll, 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 I'll GPS mark it. Um, I'll take measurements, photographs, and then I usually reach out to someone affiliated with the Denham Museum of Nature and Science because I've worked with them for so long, on and off. Or I reach out to the BLM themselves and just get it on the radar. Hey, I found this, just so you know. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of really what cool. I do, and then it just sits. What a cool process. 
I know where. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's a little frustrating in the sense that because I can't do anything, things are disappearing. For example, I found a beautiful turtle that was probably the size of a, of a common snapping turtle. It was probably 15 inches across on its shell, give or take, and it was a Jurassic-era turtle. And it was about, that's about 150 million years, the late Jurassic. And it was sitting in the hillside out by, between Rancho and State Bridge out in that area. And I, I contacted some friends at Denver Museum, the, the number one turtle guy, yeah. and got on his radar. He was so excited about it. They have permits. He never had a chance to come out and do anything with it. And I went back at the end of last uh, summer in the, in the fall to kind of check on things, which I do. I call them my dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Your babies out there. My babies. And the whole thing's gone. After all the torrential rain we had all last summer, the hillside, it's all just gone. It's gone. There's nothing left of it. My mind went to, like, people out there poaching or doing something like that. But erosion. Erosion. Erosion can be a friend and a foe. Okay. In this sense, it was a foe. It it literally, the whole thing is just completely gone. It's decimated. It's washed away. I don't know. It's gone. Um, But that also, that kind of erosion allowed me to find Camille. And really, that kind of erosion allows you to find anything in the high country. And that's why we find them in the high country is that, that every spring snowmelt and spring rains and summer rains all it has to do is wash away that little quarter inch of dirt or mud and there's something massive sitting there waiting to be found you guys got to see billy's face when he talks about this and his <laughs> gestures and the hat he's wearing and all the pieces i'm glad that you're seeing it through my eyes right now and through our eyes on the podcast but uh, uh would you give people an invitation to this space how they find you and uh, and when they can come and experience this absolutely our website is dinosaurjunction.org dinosaurjunction.org all the information is on that. We're open now Wednesday through Sunday, 10 to 5. We try to be here all that time. We do as, as many places. Staffing is a little bit of a challenge. So if anything changes, check the website. We'll put it special hours if there are special hours. But for the time being, Wednesday through Sunday, 10 to 5, dinosaurjunction.org. Bring the, bring the kids, bring the family, bring the friends. And especially for you locals out there who've, who just want to get a really good thought or, or sight of what our Eagle County goes back, you know, what it was back 200 plus million years ago, yeah. come stop by and check us out. We could use the support. We are an official 501c3 nonprofit. So any help will help us just continue to grow and expand and get more exhibits. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valleypartnership.com.